0: Loved
1: me. Lord, we love you, and we trust you, and whatever we've got going on, Lord, whatever we've got going on outside these doors, we leave that aside, we focus our attention on you, we focus our affection on you, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine, we don't want to leave you the same way we got here, so make us more like you, In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and look at the person next to you and just ask them. Chiefs or 49ers? Go ahead and ask them. So this game is happening today. And I was told that if I say... Those two words that on our live stream, it'll get muted because they're so protective of, their, of their, their, their phrase. And so today is the big game. You get it? All right. So it's, it's the biggest sporting event of the year. It's the number one home party day of the year, even bigger than New Year's. It's the second day for food consumption in the United States. The first day is Thanksgiving. What's even, what I think is funny about that is today and tomorrow, 7-Eleven will sell more antacids than they do all year long <laughs> because of all the eating that's about to happen this afternoon. If you were lucky enough to be at the game at Allegiant Stadium, the cheapest ticket in the whole place for one ticket is $5,477. The average ticket price is $9,300. So if you and your significant other, you and your boo wanted to go to the game and you pay just average seats, kind of in the middle, you're dropping $18,600. Could you imagine doing that, taking your life savings or something and dropping all that cash and your team gets blown out? Like, wouldn't that hurt? (laughs) Today is also the number one day for new commercials. How many of you guys watch the game really for the halftime show the new commercials, maybe to see Taylor Swift, right, like another Taylor sighting, we haven't seen enough of her lately, so I looked at some of the, they released some of the commercials early and I watched several of them, it's, some of them are very funny, it's going to be a good day, but, but none of them I didn't think were as good as my favorite, I think my favorite commercial of all time.
2: Mr. Goodman, what makes you think you're qualified for this job?
0: Please,
2: i up. Don't throw me! I'm
0: ah! not ah! ah! Don't touch
1: me! kid, ah! ah! Don't throw me out! Here it
2: is, here it is, huh? Get it?
1: I love that commercial. One of the reasons I love it is because it shows the importance of having the right people around you, right? The right circle around you. And so hopefully Pepsi doesn't sue us for showing that today. So as a peace offering, uh, we're giving everyone a Pepsi as you leave today. So everyone's going to get a Pepsi to start off your Super Bowl. So Pepsi, please don't sue us. Um, Thank you also to the trustees of this church for letting us do stuff like that and be generous. Now, I'm born and raised in Colorado, and so for my whole life, I've been a Broncos fan. I love the Denver Broncos. Yes. Even when the Bible tells me I might be wasting my time, I still believe. I still believe in my Broncos, and next year is our year. You heard it here. All right. So. Now, there's a reason that this is the biggest game of the year because it's the culmination of the work of 32 teams. Every team has been fighting all year. Uh, 1,696 men have been fighting all year long for the chance to play in this one game. It's the career goal of all of these guys. And even though these guys are some of the best conditioned athletes in the world, just about every one of them today will be playing HURT. Today I want to talk about playing HURT. So this is Mark Schlereth, and he played on the back-to-back championship teams for the Broncos. He played 12 seasons in the NFL, which is incredible because the average player plays three seasons in the NFL because it's just so hard on the human body. And this is what his his former coach, uh, Mike Shanahan, said about Mark. Now, Mark had 29 surgeries during those those 12 years, yeah, 12 years, 29 surgeries. He had 15 surgeries on his left knee alone. His coach, Mike Shanahan, said, Mark has an incredible pain threshold. The doctor said it was the worst knee they had ever seen. This is what Mark said about playing in the NFL. He said, it's like getting in a car wreck every Sunday. Every Sunday, your body's completely destroyed, but that's the price you pay, and you understand it. And when he retired, he said, my body has absolutely been beaten to a pulp. I just can't do it anymore. And he was 35 years old. That's the pro- Now, why, why do these guys, this is what this, a writer said about the Super Bowl. He said, athletes are willing to sacrifice body parts. There are pills and needles. They bite their lips in pain and throb in pain. But their job is to play regardless. The bottom line is, if they don't play hurt, they're not going to play at all. So this is Fred Arbanas. He played tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs in the 1960s. And during one game, it was a televised game, millions of people were watching. He hit another player so hard that his eye popped out. We have a video I'm just kidding, we don't, we don't. (laughs) Some of you are like, okay, no, we don't. Up until that moment, nobody except a few players knew that Fred had a glass eye. So his eye pops out, a trainer ran out, poured water on it, and stuck it back in his face, and he kept playing. Why would these guys do this kind of stuff? Now, sure, some of them do it for the money, right? They get paid an incredible amount of money, but many of them do it for the love of the game. They've been playing since they were little kids, and they love football. They love the game. And they're all playing for one thing. They're playing for the Lombardi Trophy. They wanna, they're doing all of this so that they can be the best. Today, the 58th Lombardi Trophy will be handed out today, and every one of the teams that are fighting for it, those, every man on those two teams, they're all going to be playing hurt. Today, I want to talk to you about you playing one of the calls that Christ puts on his people is, as followers of Christ, he calls us and encourages us to keep playing, even when we're playing hurt. Now, many of us have been hurt before. Maybe you're hurting now. Maybe you're hurting spiritually or emotionally or physically, or you're headed to something that you're going to hurt. If you've never been hurt, you're young. Just wait, right? Those knees aren't going to last forever. Okay? That back is not going to feel like that forever. Everyone in this room, every person joining us online have been hurt at one time or another. Maybe you've been depressed or misunderstood. Maybe you've had some people talk about you and, and spread rumors about you. You're a victim of someone's jealousy. Maybe you, the doctor gave you a serious diagnosis and you're ill. Maybe you're lonely or discouraged. Maybe you're watching this from a hospital room right now. Maybe you've dealt with anxiety or your kids are not in a good place. Your marriage isn't what you hoped it would be. Maybe your finances are in a bad spot or you just hate your job, but you're doing it because you love your family. In other words, you're playing this game of life hurt. This is what Jesus said. As I can recall, when I became a Christian, I think this was the first scripture in my Bible that I ever underlined. The one who stands firm till the end will be saved. In other words, Jesus is saying, stay in the game. It's going to be hard. You don't need to stand firm if it's easy. He didn't say, the one who lays on the couch till the very end will be... He didn't say that, did he? Standing firm requires... There's some adversity that's happening. That's why you have to stand firm. So the question is, will you stay in the game? Will you stand firm till the end? Will you play hurt? Will you play hurt when you're hurt physically? The great apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament. Much of it while he was in prison for his faith in Christ. 20 different times in the Bible he uses athletic terms to compare to this Christian, uh, the life of a Christian. He says it's a race to be run, a game to be played, a trophy to be earned, a fight to fight, a race to finish. He did this because back then, just like now, people idolized sports figures. So he was using what what he knew about the sports world to connect it to the spiritual world. He compared the physical struggle of sports to the spiritual struggle of following Christ. And then what Paul does is he shares some of his own physical hurts. And it's a pretty long list. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day on the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. In other words, Paul says, I know what it's like to play hurt. He was hurting physically. Some of us are having to play hurt physically. The truth is when mom has the flu, she still has to do all the stuff that mom does. When dad has a cold, you better call the ambulance and get that guy to the ICU. Right? That's kind of how it is. This is Lou Gehrig. He played 17 seasons for the New York Yankees. 17 years, played first base. And he played 2,113 games in a row, never missed a game. After he retired, they x-rayed both of his hands. And what they found was every finger on both hands had been broken at least once, some twice, some three times. And he never missed a game because he knew how to play hurt. If these guys can do this for a game, then you can do it for your family. You can do it to move forward for your kids, for your friends, for people who love you, for the cause of Christ, you can move forward. Now, in my years as a pastor, I also spent a few years as a motivational speaker. I'd go to high schools and colleges and companies, and, and I'd go and I'd try and inspire them. Whenever I did, I would always visit local gyms because I love MMA, love uh, UFC. And I would vi- I, I've met dozens of fighters. And I've met some guys who are incredible in the cage. But, but the strongest people I've ever met didn't fight in cages or in rings. They're laying in hospital beds fighting for their families. They're dealing with things like chemotherapy and pills and regimens and special diets and protocols. And they're fighting and they're playing hurt for the people that they love, and the people that love them. It's easy to play hurt when someone else is doing the hurting. So these two little boys, uh, they show up at a dentist office. And they said, uh, one of them walks in. He says, Doctor, we're in a hurry. We have a baseball game that we need to get to, but we need a tooth pulled. So I don't want you to use any anesthesia, no shots, no gas, just grab that tooth and pull it out. The doctor says, wow, you're a very brave little boy. What tooth is it? So he looks at his brother, he says, Albert, show him your tooth. (laughs) It's easy when someone else is doing the hurting. I want to encourage you to play hurt when you're hurting physically. I also want to encourage you, play hurt when you're hurt emotionally. My friend, Pastor Alan Algram, said God had only one sin without sorrow, but no—I'm sorry—God had only one son without sin, but no son without sorrow. Jesus played hurt at the very first church picnic. He feeds 5,000 people. Then he said, "I want you to preach," and the crowd dropped down from 5,000 to 500. Then he said, "I want you to pray," and it dropped down to 120. And he said, "I want you to share your faith," and it dropped to 70. I want you to leave it all behind and really go in and follow me. And it dropped to 12. He said, I want you guys to pray all night. And it dropped to three. He said, I want you to go with me all the way to the cross. And it dropped all the way down to one. Only one person followed Jesus all the way to the cross. It was John. Sometimes I think about John walking into heaven when he sees the other guys. You know, he's going to be like, where are you at, baby? Right? I don't know. I just think about that. But think about Jesus. He was with these guys for three years. He lived with them. They watched him do miracles. They watched him walk on water. They watched him raise people from the dead. But when it really mattered and it really came down to it, only one person followed him all the way. Jesus was hurt emotionally, and he played hurt. Paul encourages the new believers in the book of Acts to play hurt. This is what it says. Then they returned, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Now, think about that. The encouragement right there is is—it's about to get hard. Like, think about I, I, Hey, I just came here to encourage you. Your life's going to get harder. That doesn't sound like encouragement to me. That sounds like discouragement to me, right? But it's encouraging knowing you're not the only one. You're not the only one struggling. You're not the only one fighting it out. You're not the only one struggling physically. You're not the only one. It's part of this journey. And in this game of life, if you try and advance anything in any way, someone's going to come along and say something or tackle you and try and derail what you're doing. And so if you're trying to advance your family, your education, your career, a church, whatever, someone's going to come along and try and hurt you. The question is, will you play? You'll only endure playing hurt if your goal outweighs your pain. The best example I've ever seen of this is a woman giving birth. Now, they say it hurts. I don't know, all right? I just have to take their word for that. But think about a woman who's enduring the pain of childbirth. The goal, knowing I'm giving birth to my child, I'm going to meet my child soon, far outweighs the pain. And in your life, sometimes God is, you're in pain because God is bringing something about and he's birthing something in you. You've got to keep your eye on that goal because it will help you endure the pain. Why would grown men like Mark Schlereth endure 12 years of car crashes every Sunday and 29 surgeries and all of that? Because he had a goal that was worth it to him. Their goal was the Lombardi Trophy. That's the last time a Bronco touched it. It's been a while. It's been too long. We're hurting, okay, is what I'm trying to tell you. But the Bible says that you and I are striving for something much more important than that. The Bible says that if you'll hang on and endure to the end, you'll receive a crown in heaven. Now, this crown uh, cost me $8 on Amazon, but it's, it's significant Because it's the same style of crown that Biggie wore on the cover of his album. What's crazy is when they put this $8 crown on Biggie's head and then they auctioned that crown, it went for $500,000. So this crown on my head (laughs) is worth $8. This crown on Biggie's head is worth half a million. Today, Patrick Mahomes is going to hold a football. In my hands, that football is worth maybe 50 bucks. In his hands, this year, it'll be worth over 50 million. Your life in your hands has gotten you kind of where it's gotten you. But if you'll take that same life and put it in Jesus' hands and trust him, it will change everything. The Bible lists five different crowns that believers can receive in heaven. This is one of them. Jesus is talking. He says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. This is the crown of salvation. Now, this is not something you earn. It's something Jesus earned for you on the cross. It's not like you get to heaven and God says, I'm going to weigh out all the good things you've done and the bad things you've done. And, we'll see if, and if there's more good than bad, then you'll get in. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says our best deeds are like filthy rags in front of God. So the only way we make it is through, the, is by, is through faith and by the grace of Jesus. That's it. But once you accept that gift, he promises the crown of life. My biggest... Fear, ah, fear, concern, is that someday I get to heaven and Jesus said, I had more for you than this, but you quit when it got hard. It got too tough for you and you quit. And you didn't, and so it, I, I get it, it's hard to stay faithful when it's confusing, when we don't understand what's happening, when we don't understand what God is doing. This man is named A.M. Overton. He was a pastor of a church in Mississippi. He, he was married, he had three small children. His wife was pregnant when she went into labor. There were some complications. Both she and the baby passed. So now he's at her funeral, and he gets up to speak. He's now a, a widower with three small children. And He wrote this poem that he read at her funeral. He said, my father's way may twist and turn, and my heart may throb and ache. But in my soul I'm glad to know he maketh no mistake. He's like, I don't understand. I'm hurting. This is hard. But I trust Him. I trust God. I trust the Lord. James tells us about a different crown. Now Bible scholars tell us this is not the same crown as the crown of life. It says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. So this isn't eternal uh, life. This is a different crown. This is a reward for people who continue and stand and persevere till the very end. In other words, it's a crown for people who are willing to play hurt. I love people who play hurt. I've got a church full of them, full of people who have been through some serious stuff, who have been done dirty by people they love, who have gotten terrible news from doctors, who have, have gone through terrible financial messes, who have, but they keep showing up, they keep serving, they keep smiling, they keep playing this week, I, uh, or last week, I went and had a, a physical, my doctor, and, and we're friends, and he knows what I do. And so he, he asked me, he says, how are you doing mentally? And he's never asked me that before. And I was surprised. And I said, well, you know, my knee jerk, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know, how are you, you know? So then he starts telling me, right? <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, then he says, well, how's, how's things at the church? And I said, well, you know, we had... Last week, 833 people in service. And so anything that could possibly be happening in someone's life is happening in someone's life at the church, at Mosaic. Someone is dealing with someone who's passing, who's got stage four cancer. Someone has got a baby who's in the hospital. Someone's going through a divorce. Someone's going through a financial mess. Someone, someone's got terrible news from their doctor. Like, it's all happening at the same time all the time. It's a lot. But I told him, I get to sit front row and watch some of my best friends play hurt. And they keep showing up and they keep remaining faithful. I want to encourage you. God's call on your life in this season and in every season is to continue to play even when you're playing hurt. So the Apostle Paul, one of the most debated scriptures in the Bible is when Paul describes how he plays hurt. It says therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited i was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of satan to torment me three times i pleaded with the lord to take it away from me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power might rest on me the debate is bible scholars debate about what this thorn in Paul's flesh was. And I think the reason the Bible doesn't tell us is so that, we, so that we could all relate. Some people believe that it was a sickness that Paul dealt with. Some people believe that he was going blind. Other people believe that it was a person who was uh, persecuting and talking bad and trying to wreck his ministry. Some people believe that it was his mother-in-law. I'm just kidding. I just made that up. But, Sorry. We don't know what it was. But we do know that one of the greatest men to ever walk this earth and shared the gospel and planted churches and wrote half the New Testament had something that was bothering him and he continued to play her. And if he can, we can. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and we're going to pray that God would remove whatever that thorn is in your flesh. But if he doesn't, I'm going to ask him to give us the strength and the courage to play hurt. So I'm going to share with you uh, one scene from a movie. It's one of my favorite scenes from a movie. And it, it illustrates, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit's role when we're playing hurt. What he does while you're playing hurt. This, this is you.
0: It's not even funny, dude.
1: So, Coach, how strong is Westview
3: this year?
2: A lot stronger than we are.
3: You already written Friday Night Down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy.
1: What, am I in trouble now?
3: Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're gonna do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You gonna give me your best? I'm gonna give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. On, there you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. Not at the twenty yet? Forget the twenty. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, now, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. I ain't done.
1: I'm just resting a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left.
2: There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep drag- Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it, that's it, that's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best, keep driving.
0: Keep driving.
2: There you go, there you go. He's heavy. I know I'm he's heavy. Sh- I'm buying strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going, you're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me, you keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts, you keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going.
0: Burn And let it burn. Hours are burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. It's, hard. it's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Keep going! Keep going! going. Don't quit! Don't quit!
3: Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone.
1: I love that clip because it so beautifully illustrates the role of the Holy Spirit we're playing hurt. He's coming along. He's not some cheerleader on the side saying, hey, you can do it. Keep going. No, no, no. He's, he's he's right there with us in the fight. And he says, if you'll let me, I'll enter the fight with you. If you'll allow me, if you'll invite me into your life, I will give you the power to keep playing hurt. You don't have to do this by yourself. Maybe you've done it by yourself in the past. You don't have to do that anymore because the Holy Spirit now is inviting and he's, he's asking Will you let me in? Or will you allow me to help you play hurt? Today at 4:30, 4, 104 men are gonna line up and they're gonna go to war for a trophy. And the fight you're in is so much more important. Because there are people around you who are watching you. And sometimes, you know what God does with our struggles? He lets, he does, he allows us to struggle so people around us can see what happens when a Christian is playing hurt. He wants to show other people how it's done when someone who follows Jesus agrees to play hurt. We're going to pray, and I'm going to pray that whatever that thorn in your flesh is, unless it's your mother-in-law, that's on you, that God would remove it. And I pray and I hope that whatever it is, that He'll do it. But even if He doesn't, we're going to stay faithful. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep playing hurt. Let's pray. Father... Lord, you know every situation in this room. You know I'm better than we do. And I pray, Lord, that you would come alongside us. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And that you would give us the strength and the grace to play hurt. To show up for our families, for the people around us, for our friends, for the people that love us. And Lord, to honor you and the sacrifice you made on the cross. I pray, Lord, that whatever that thorn in the flesh is, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would remove it. If it's a sickness, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal your people. If it's a relational problem, Lord, I pray that you would bring peace and restore. If it's financial, Lord, I pray that you would, in the name of Jesus, provide. If it's a work situation, I pray, Lord, that you would intervene. If it's a, a marriage, Lord, I pray that you would reconcile and bring peace and reconciliation. That you would give grace and forgiveness. Even if you don't, Lord, we're going to play her. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? And I love you. Jesus I-
4: experience that that power that he brings when we feel weak. But I wanna go back to something else that Pastor Angel said. He said, if you'll take that same life and put it in Jesus' hands, it will change everything. That's the whole reason this church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith, to help you put your hands, to help you put your life in his hands. So this morning, I'm gonna say a very simple prayer and there's nothing special about the words. It's just a prayer, but you bring, it's your heart behind it. It's, your, it's you submitting your life to Christ. And so I'm gonna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want everybody to repeat after me. Pray, dear Jesus, this morning, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross, for taking my sin on you, for wiping me clean. This morning, I pray that you'd help me to walk this new walk. Make me more like you, helping to play hurt, to live for you every day. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let me welcome you to the family of God. You made the best decision you can life. You can go ahead and be seated. If you said that prayer for the first time, I'm going to invite you to scan the QR code up on the screen or on the seat backs in front of you and click on where it says new believer, because uh, we know that saying the prayer is just, it's just saying a prayer. It's just that first step in your walk with Christ. Um, but we we know that there's so much more to this life than just, than just one prayer. And so uh, we have some material we wanna send you. We wanna come alongside you and help you to walk in this new walk. Uh, so just go ahead and fill that out and we'll uh, send you some stuff in the mail. Um, but real quick, I just have a couple, I just have two announcements this morning and they're both very, very important. Okay, so I need you guys to pay attention. Next Sunday, we have two of the most important things that we do here going on. First of all, right after each service is Connect Group Sunday. Now, if you've never been here for Connect Groups, this is the one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It is, Connect Groups are one of the best things that we do here because like Pastor Angel said a couple weeks ago, we had 833 people here. That's too many people for me to know, it's too many people for Pastor Angel to know, but Connect Groups is how we keep this church small how we keep our community small. Because when you go to a connect group, you meet people, you make friends. And when you don't come to church, you have people who, who know and they can text you and they can make sure, hey, is everything all right? Like that—that that is, connect groups is the way that we pass this church because there's no way for us to know every single person. So that is next Sunday right after service. So come prepared to sign up for one, okay? We would tell you, I would tell you sign up for one, Just give it a try. If you've never been to one, go to one. You will not regret it. Some of my best friends in my life came from going to Connect Groups. So come next Sunday, planning to sign up for those. The other thing going on next Sunday is Discover Mosaic. So if you're new to Mosaic or if you've never been through Discover Mosaic before, uh, so this is a class that we do once a quarter. It's one hour, it's at five o'clock. We feed you dinner, um, but it's a great way to learn more about uh, Mosaic, who we are, what we believe, uh, where the money goes, who's in charge, all, this, all the things like that. But it's also the easiest way for you to learn how, how, can you can, how can you can get involved? How can you be a part of what we're doing here? Because we believe every single one of you has a role here at this church. And so I would invite you, if you've never been to that, you can sign up online, you can use the QR code to do that, or you can sign up at the Welcome Center, but it's next Sunday at five o'clock. And the last thing that we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna continue to worship through our giving. And if you've ever been at Mosaic before, you know that uh, every week somebody like me stands up here and we tell you, um, you know, this is one of the places that your money goes. And as I was thinking about that this week, I realized, you know, we do a lot of great things. We, we support orphanages, we support church planning, all that stuff. But we also make an impact right here in this room, right? We make an impact for the, for the seven or 800 people or however many people are coming. We make an impact right here. And that happens because of what you guys do. It happens because you've decided, I'm gonna partner with them and I'm gonna see lives changed because we're not part of another denomination. We don't have another big church that supports us. Everything that happens at this church happens because of this part of the service. It happens because you partner with us. And so I just wanna say thank you. Thank you because you guys are changing lives. So thank you. And uh, we're just gonna pray this morning over this offering. If you're gonna give this morning, you can see on the screen, there's four ways to do that. There's a black box on the wall out in the foyer. You can give online. You can text any amount to 84321 or you can use the church center app. Let's pray. Father, we we just say thank you. God, thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you for the lives that you are changing here at Mosaic. God, thank you for being a God who is good and who continues to move. And Lord, we just, we give this morning with a joyful and a generous heart. and We just, we ask that you would continue to multiply it, that you would use it to advance your kingdom everywhere. Mosaic is active, Lord, but especially in this room. Thank you for changing lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, with that, have a great Sunday. We love you. We'll see you next week.